Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day. We have our first official tally for you at the start of the show on how we've done through three days of picks at the 2021 U.S. Open. Overall, we've recorded seven victories, eight losses, five outstanding futures bets. We are up 0.16 units through the first three days of the action in New York. Of course, we are not retiring on that sum. We've got some work to do to get to our goals. Eclipse our marks at Wimbledon was 29 and 20 there. That means I need a 60% win percentage or higher to beat our Wimbledon results. I was up 11.18 units at Wimbledon. 0.16 is not going to get the job done through three days. So while we've had some momentum on our side winning days in two of our three shows we also yesterday incorporated game spreads for the first time both of those spreads delivering Muguruza and FAA both cover that is a very relevant data point for us moving forward we also got a win from underdog Daria Kasakina three set win for her over Marketa Von Drusova. by the way you want to hear recaps of each day's action hop on over to the mini break podcast feed where of course we are recapping every day at the end of each day but again three and two overall on day three up 0.16 units overall we were up 0.18 on day one down 0.18 on day two now up 0.16 on day three it's time for us to get going now as we enter the second half of round number two because of course the opportunities become more limited as we progress through this tournament first round second round third round that's when we want to rack up margins as i said let's get going now in case this is your first time listening to the show what i'm going to be doing offering my selection of picks uh using the odds from our friends at draft kings i'll go through my favorite money line selections share the over under spreads i'm looking at name my favorite parlays of course as well as always give you all the extensive preview information you need to make your picks put some money in your pocket and maintain your status as the most well-informed best educated tennis fan in the business with all of that said let's get into it here are my picks for day four my gsp aces of the day will start with the money line picks i should have also mentioned if you want to see these picks you just can't follow along this quickly you want to see them listed out head on over to our website crackrackets.com you can find them all listed there each and every day when these podcasts are posted you look at the money lines i have my eye on today Obviously, when you're doing an individual money line bet, you don't want to take a too heavy favorite. And there are a lot of heavy favorites on the men's side in particular tomorrow. Guys like Zverev and Djokovic and Berrettini and Yannick Sinner, they are all heavily favored over their respective opponents. But even on the women's side, I mean, again, Pagula looks like she's going to be a heavy favorite tomorrow. You look at the other top seeds. In action, Ashley Barty, heavy favorite. Well, not too heavy of a favorite, but certainly a favorite tomorrow against uh, former World Junior number one Clara Tossin. You look at 
Some of the other matchups, though, again, just a little bit lopsided to make individual money line bets on after such a parity filled round one. I suppose it makes sense that we're seeing this in round number two. But, you know, Conteve Teichman, that's a minus 135 plus 110 spread. I don't know who's winning that match. Tom Janovic, Petra Martic, same deal. Do you ever know which Petra Martic is really going to show up? Barty minus 950 just doesn't make sense. Benchich minus 1800 doesn't make sense. Sviantek even minus 600. Pagula, as mentioned, minus 1200. You know, none of those numbers are too appealing. That said, there are some juicy ones on the board, folks, tomorrow. So you look at the ones I have my eye on. Sam, 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 you know, given recent form, I understand if you'd want to lean Tom Janovic at minus 125 over Petra Martic. That's a stay away from me, but certainly I can understand the case. Kirstea's made third round at every major this year, but Shelby Rogers' best on a hard court is better than Serana Kirstea's at this point. So to get Shelby at minus 110 feels like some value there. But there are two American men's underdogs that I'm going to go with for my aces of the day. I want to start with a match I was at. I have seen underdog tomorrow, Mackie McDonald, your 2021 City Open finalist, 2021 Australian Open round of 16 participant, beat Kei Nishikori in the past month. He beat Nishikori at the 2021 City Open. You look at that result for Mackie. was a 6-4-3-6-7-5 match that Mackie was in control of from start to finish and I know he lost that second set but early on in that second set he had a bunch of chances on the Nishikori serve and then all of a sudden Nishikori raised his level and then you know kind of stole that second set but it just felt like that third set you know again it was when not if Mackie was going to get the break he ultimately does 4-7-5 now of course he ends up losing in the final to Yannick Sinner but you look for uh, Mackie McDonald of late I just think he's been the better player than Nishikori and I can give you some metrics to prove as much. You look right now in the overall ELO ratings, Kei Nishikori, obviously given his past performance, he's at 16, Mackie McDonald at 63. You look at the 2021 specific results though, Mackie McDonald at 43, Nishikori right now currently all the way, uh, currently at number 11, interesting, at 22 and 15. That feels a little bit like an outlier, but you look at, you know, the numbers in terms of their race spots to the race in the year on finals, how many points they've accumulated Accumulated this season, Mackie McDonald 33rd, Nishikori 35th uh, in that metric. Of course, for Nishikori, what's giving him the big boost in the ELO ratings is the fact that you look uh, for him, you know, round of 16 for him at Roland Garros. He goes to City Open, makes the semifinals, gets wins over Bublik, over Nori, over Lloyd Harris, who had just beaten Rafa. That's obviously going to help him in the advanced metrics in Tokyo. You know, beats Ivashka, Rublev before bowing out to Djokovic in the quarterfinals. It's been a lot better this year after having so dealt with so many injuries over the past two, three seasons for both of these guys. Obviously, different injuries, but that was the story of late. No one has questioned their level. It's a matter of health, and now look for both of them. They are trending in the right direction in terms of health. The difference being, Mackie McDonald's playing the best tennis of his career right now. Kei Nishikori 
is below his prime levels, like quite frankly. And while I wouldn't say he's, you know, he, he's on the downslope of his prime. I don't think he's quite out of it because I do think he's capable of playing two extraordinary sets and sneaking out a third set. And, you know, again, I think he's closer to the prime of his career than he is to the end of his career, assuming his body allows him to perform. I'm talking strictly from a performance standard, but you look for him this season. You know, Nishikori's hold percentage, his career average, 80%. He's down to 75.8. That number amongst top 50 players, 75.8, would be good for 40th amongst top 50 players right now. You look for Nishikori in terms of his break percentage here in 2021. Uh, His break percentage currently sitting at 24.9. That number a little bit better. 24.9 would be good for a top 25 clip amongst top 50 players right now. But Mackie, quite frankly, has been a little bit better than that as a returner. You look for Mackie McDonald here this season. Break percentage uh, for him, 20.4, but you look for him in hardcourt matches. That number for Mackie jumps up to 26%. You look for Mackie McDonald as well. His hold percentage here on the year, and this has been the big improvement for him, 80.9%. Obviously, that's better than Nishikori's, and these are two guys who are going to exchange battles from the baseline. I think this is a close match, and I pondered doing the over three and a half sets because I don't think that's a bad play in this one in the over three and a half sets, though. Minus 175. I just don't love those odds. Eye test standpoint, I think Mackie played better in his straight set win over David Goffin than uh, Nishikori did in his four-set victory. Uh, I believe it was over Salvatore Caruso. You look of their recent results of late again. You know, both of those guys struggled post-Washington. Nishikori got a win over Kasmanovic before having to withdraw against Hercats. Hadn't didn't play Cincinnati for Mackie. He lost his first match in Canada to Benoit Paire, but had played a final, you know, 48 hours earlier. He then goes to Cincinnati, beats Nakashima before, you know, a respectable loss to Daniil Medvedev. I just think Mackie's the better player right now. I think his serve has a little more juice. I think he's the more dynamic mover over the course of three to five sets. Again, I think both of these guys are going to have streaks of excellence where both, you know, they're shot makers and their shots are just going to be landing aggressive from the baseline. Again, it's really fun because they both have very similar styles of play. And Mackie's talked openly. You can hear him talk about it on our Cracked Interviews podcast about the influence Nishikori has had from a game style perspective in his career. But I just think Mackie's surpassed him right now. And I'm not throwing a lot on it. Only a quarter of a unit. Let's not get crazy here. But I'm going to ride the Mackie train. Give me Mackie plus 125 tomorrow over Kei Nishikori. 0.25 units again to win 0.31. The other American underdog I like, Stevie Johnson over Gael Monfils. Now, Stevie's plus 205 uh, tomorrow against Gael. You look for Gael Monfils here in 2021, 8-12 overall. You look for Monfils, he's 4-4 four four against the top 50. Uh, you look for him against the top 20 over that span of time. I believe he's 1-2. Now, obviously, Stevie J closer to, and it's certainly not a top 20 player, he's more of a top 50 guy right now, but you look for, you know, Gael Monfils outside of his run in Canada, where he beats Millman, beats Tiafo before bowing out to Isner, then in Cincy, he beats the Deuce, beats Hour before a really fun two-tiebreaker match against Andre Rublev. Outside of that, 
it was a struggle for him this season. Again, you take that four and two out of his record, he's four and ten in all of his other events. You take out his win against Korea earlier in this event. Excuse me, three and ten overall in the non-Canada Cincy swing coming into this North American stretch. Now maybe he has found a little bit of extra juice, but you look for Guyon Monfils here this season. His hold percentage seventy six point seven four percent below his career average. Break percentage is three percent below his career average. First serve uh, win percentage second serve win percentage everything from the metric standpoint is down right now stevie J is starting to play better tennis of late and you look for him here in the north american hardcourt stretch again he's done it a little bit longer than gael monfis and i think against a similar level of competition you look for stevie quarterfinals in los cabos you know pretty two pretty easy wins there before bowing out to fritz he then beats popper in before losing to fritz again in atlanta beats ramanathan Demonauer, Burankis before losing to sinner in the city open uh you know loses to anderson in qualifying beats martyr tricky four set match at the u.s open you look for stevie in his uh, you know uh for him though at the slams this year third round french open second round wimbledon he's just been rock solid you look at that french open loss or excuse me you look at the wimbledon loss for him it was a five set loss to taylor fritz he was right there in that match i just think stevie's playing good ball the numbers suggest so right now as well you look at his break percentage 18.6 percent that would be a new career high for him ace percentage 10.5 percent that's above his career average he's winning 74.1 percent of his first serve points that's right around his career average second serve uh career is up 0.4 percent as well he's just refound his inspiration he's fit again he's enjoying playing in front of crowds and you know fun data point on this match yes stevie's 0-3 against my gael but all three of their matches have gone three sets I just think these two bring out the best in each other because, A, Gael will give Stevie time to dictate in the center of the court, but then, B, Gael's going to have opportunities to do incredible things in the outer third. And Stevie is a sneaky good athlete in that outer third as well. So, you know, again, shot making will be on display in this match. Only of a quarter of a unit, but from an eye test perspective, I just think Stevie's playing better than Gael right now. So give me Stevie plus 205 metrics, fairly even across the board, 0.25 units to win 0.51. Those are your money line picks. Now, let's get to the over-unders and the spreads. Two spreads for you all today. Samsonova, minus three games over Hreet Minen, minus 120 odds. That is far too low. You just look at the numbers for these two players, Ludmilla Samsonova here this season, 30-17 and 17 overall, 10-1 and 1 on, hard, uh, on grass courts, 14-7 and 7 on hard courts. You look for her here uh, this season. She's 22-9 and 9 against players ranked outside the top 50. You look for her against players ranked, uh, excuse me, outside the top 100, 13 and 7. Um, again, she's beaten that level of competition. She's also this year against top 50 opponents, 8 and 8 overall. She's just displayed, you know, she's found some consistency because she's always had top-level power dating back to her years as a top junior, but she's reined that in, and you look for her since the start of the grass court season for Ludmilla Samsonova here in 2021. Obviously, she wins the title in Berlin, follows that up with a fourth round in uh, at Wimbledon before getting knocked out by Pliskova in Montreal, 
beats Rabakina in three sets before getting knocked out by Sariba's Tormo. No shame in that. Good wins for her over Zivanareva and Blinkova before getting knocked out in the first round by Azarenka in Cincinnati, but she did qualify for that event. Straight set win for her over the always tricky Katie Bolter. On the flip side, you look for Freet Minen here this season. Yes, she is 30 and 19 overall, 19 and 11 and on hard courts, but you break down those splits. She's 3 and 9 against players ranked inside the top 100, 14 and 29 in her career against top 100 opponents. That sort of power level is where, you know, again, that has been the threshold for the outer bounds of her game and you know again you look for her of late it's losses to players like Kvitova a couple of times and you know the Rebecca Pedersons Victoria Golubics of the world who've got that power from the baseline that can overwhelm uh, Friedman and I think you look for her tomorrow I think Samsonova's got that sort of firepower I think Samsonova's firing right now she's extraordinarily confident Minin of course will have enjoyed getting that lucky loser, getting that first round victory. But I just think there's an urgency for Samsonova right now to get inside the top 50, make, you know, put herself in competition to make second weeks for Grand Slams. I, I'm not saying Friedman doesn't have that sort of urgency. I just think Samsonova is going to have her foot on the gas pedal from start to finish, as she always does in these sorts of matches, in every match she plays. And as such, minus three games against Minin tomorrow, I just think that's too low. I haven't seen enough from Friedman that she's going to have the sort of weapons to hurt Samsonova, to stretch Samsonova to the outer thirds, make this not, match not be on Samsonova's racket. You know, a three-game spread, she has to win... Five and five, or six and five, and you know, five and five, she covers, or four and four, she covers, or five and three, six and three, six and five. It's just you know, six and five pushes, and so. I think getting that three-game spread, that's too small a number. I think Ludmilla Samsonova, uh, her power, just too much for Friedman in tomorrow. I think she advanced comfortably, uh, minus 120. We're going to throw a full unit on that to win 0.82. The other spread I really enjoy tomorrow, Riley Opelka, minus four and a half games over Lorenzo Musetti. I said it in the preview podcast uh, for uh, the 2021 U.S. Open. We know early on how locked in Riley is at this event of course he's coming off of the final in Canada I thought he looked good a win over quarantine Mute before a well you know a scrappy three set loss to Casper Ruud at the Western Southern Open and to follow up the final by playing two three set matches that showed how committed he was mentally to that uh, tournament in Cincy because that's always the question for Riley how locked in is he was locked in from start to finish in a straight set win over Sun Kwan in his first round match you look for Riley he he is holding 89.2% of the time. That number is good for a top four clip, trailing just Raonic, Isner, and Berrettini on the ATP Tour. He's also gotten better as a returner, just puts more returns in play, a more dynamic mover, more comfortable at the net. I think he his serve plus one combos, his serving and volleying, his willingness uh, a, a renewed win, uh, willingness, improved willingness, I should say, to move forward will give a guy in Lorenzo Musetti, who's most comfortable 15 feet behind the baseline, fits on this surface. And you look for Musetti, who coming into this uh, event had lost six uh, consecutive matches dating back to his role in uh, Garros, six, uh, round of 16, lost to Novak Djokovic. 
His win over Emilio Nava, yes, he competed well. Yes, he kept the ball in play, but that had a lot to do with the inconsistent performance of Nava, who just too many unforced errors on the day. He was the all-back fence team, all-tarp team, as we used to call it. Um, not that Musetti wasn't crafty and, again, forced a lot of those errors, got Nava stretched to the outer third, but I just think Riley's going to have pick, you know, slim pickings. I think he's going to get to take big cuts on second serves for Lorenzo Musetti. And you look for Musetti here this season. You know, even though he makes seventy percent of his serves, both serves are attackable. It's a very kicked base, placement based serve to set up his first shot. And you know, Riley mucks up your plans because he goes big on those returns. I just think Riley will get at least one break of serve in this match. And if he wins, you know, three six and six, or he gets two breaks of serve and wins four, five, and six, you cover in this instance. So I like the minus four and a half game spread here. I like the idea, let's say he even loses one of those breakers. Well, he gets the breaks back. He wins, let's say, four, four, and five. Well, you still cover there, even if he, you know, loses a, you know, or I suppose actually at that point, good math. Well, no, no, you still do cover there because if he loses, you know, seven, five, six, seven, seven, five, seven, five, that's five games. So I like the minus 120 for Opelka, one unit to win 0.83. Those are the two spreads I like on the day. You know, there are a couple others I have my eye on over-unders as well. I think Anisimova, Pliskova is just going to be a hard-hitting match. Won't shock me if that match goes three. I already talked about Kanteve, Teichman, and Tamjanovic, Martic. Rogers Kirstea could absolutely go the distance. Zhang, Radakainu, uh, Sakari, Sinyakova. But keep your eye on Barty Tossin. Plus 320, over two and a half sets. The power of Tossin, just relentless with her strike. If she catches fire for, say, 20 minutes, hmm. It's interesting. Plus six and a half games for Tossin is interesting. Uh, Tomjanovic minus one game if you think she's going to win. Benchich minus five and a half games, minus 165. We'll get to Bianca Andreescu in a second, the last one. Bedosa minus five games. I think all of those are interesting on the men's side. You know, Berrettini over Mute minus six and a half games, so it's tempting. Honestly, Zverev minus eight and a half games over Ramos. Vinolas is minus 160. I don't hate. Fritz, Brooksby, over three and a half sets, minus 180. You're telling me those guys are going to let one of the other win in straight sets? I don't think so. You know, Nishikori McDonald, minus 175. Uh, Johnson Monfils, minus 160. Those are the over-unders, the spreads. I have my eyes on, again, to see the full list of them. Head on over to our website, CrackedRackets.com. But last... But certainly not least, it would not be an ace of the day segment if I didn't get into my parlays with that in mind. Here are the two I'm going with today. Andrescu minus 370 over Lauren Davis. What is Lauren Davis going to do to hurt Bianca Andrescu over the course of three hours? If Andrescu can survive the storm that was last night's match against Victoria Golubic, I think she looked fine physically. I think she comes out striking the ball cleanly. I think her serve gives Davis all sorts of fits. I think she's going to get clean looks on the return of serve as well. I like Andrescu tomorrow. The opposite is true for Sarah Cerebus Tormo. I just don't think the variety of Sue C is going to hurt her. If you can't hurt Cerebus Tormo, you're not going to beat her in the track meet. That might, uh, match might be in a two-and-two two match that takes two hours or three hours. But give me Cerebus Tormo minus 240 over Sue and then give me Riley. I'll take him on the money line as well, minus 400 over Musetti. If he doesn't cover, we perhaps get to double up or hedge our bets here for him to just win the match. You throw all three of them together and rescue Cerebes, Tormo, Opelka, plus 120 odds. I like that parlay. We're going to throw half a unit on that to win 0. 0.6. 
also going to throw in Karatsev, who I plays Jordan Thompson tomorrow. I, while Thompson's got the consistency, I just think Karatsev grinds him down. Like I, I think that's a good matchup for Karatsev. Give me him minus 270 over Thompson. And I'm going to take Kudla because I think he's playing some of the best tennis of his career over the big serving Oscar Ota. I think, you know, again, for a guy who thrives in grass court tennis, Dennis Kudla's fine playing first shot and, you know, first shot plus a pass sort of tennis against Ota. I'll take Kudla minus 200, Karatsev minus 270, parlay them together plus 105. Only going to throw half a unit on that, but I feel pretty good about all five, uh, six, excuse me, of our selections here today. To recap, we're taking two underdogs, McDonald plus 125, quarter of a unit to 1.31, Johnson plus 205 over Monfils. By the way, McDonald's over Nishikori, but plus uh, 205 for Johnson, quarter of a unit to 1.51. We'll take Samsonova minus three games over Minin, minus 120, one unit to 1.82. We'll take Opelka minus four and a half games over Musetti, minus 120. One unit to win 0.83. Our parlays Andrescu, Cerebes, Tormo, Opelka, Moneyline Parlay, plus 120.5 units to win 0.6. We'll also take Karatsev and Kudla, plus 105, half a unit to win 0.52. Those are your picks for day four of the 2021 U.S. Open. As I mentioned at the top, if you're looking for recap content each and every day, head on over to our mini break podcast feed. We're talking about all of the matches, all of the big storylines from the action in New York. Of course, if you need the more immediate coverage, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly with your own picks, your own tips, your own best beats or best wins or worst beats. I am at Great Shot Pod. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, the Mini Break Podcast, our Cracked Interviews Podcast, and all of our CR content. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, I already said all this, so I will simply say a shout out to our super producers max fligner and daniel westoff for the of editing job they do day in day out i'm going to ask them to leave that one in but normally they would edit that out so again that's how you know they are the best in the business a shout out as well to our friends you guys know the deal tennis-point.com promo code is cr15 with all of that said for super producers fligner and westoff for our friends at tennis point from all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex Gruskin, you know what we say, may the odds be ever in your favor. And hey, great shot. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. <laughs> 